is Vinny Apicella, and you are listening to Suds in the Squared Circle Podcast, right wherever you find your favorite podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, there's a whole host, there's like 10 different places you can find it, and now we have a new website, sudsandsquaredcircle.com, and you can also email me, Vinny, at sudsandsquaredcircle.com. Uh, it's going to be great. Now we have the domain. It's going to be a whole brand. We actually have our shop up at Threadless, which I have to get. Uh, the actual, um, I have to actually get the, uh, let's see, the, the domain for that, which I think it's sudsquarecircle.threadless.com. Uh, and it's going to be great. I'm just trying to turn this into a brand. Uh on par with JLJ Media, The Tenth Floor, Pier 54, Ring the Bell Radio, and it goes on and on. I do want to apologize for last week not being able to get out an episode. My personal schedule was just absolutely crazy. I ended up working uh, 60 hours last week, 60 hours week four. Yesterday, um, we celebrated my son's birthday. My son's 17, turned 17 today, actually. Um, and we celebrated his birthday uh, yesterday, and then I worked 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. So, I mean, it's now 5.15 p.m., so I did get a little bit of sleep today, but still kind of sleep-deprived. So, either way, it's going to be a great show. I'm not going to go over two weeks of information for you all, but I will go over the main points. I'm going to go over General Hospital from uh, last week. We did have, unfortunately, the passing of Queen Elizabeth II, uh, which preempted General Hospital on Thursday. Uh, so it was only a four-episode week last week. Also, um, previously, um, you know, previous weekend, it was a big weekend of wrestling. Uh, WWE's Clash at the Castle, along with NXT Worlds Collide, both of them premium live events, and then AEW's All Out pay-per-view. But the biggest news from All Out didn't actually happen in the ring. Uh, and I'll get to that a little later on. I want to apologize. When I le- released the last episode, I did talk about the uh, backstage information from AEW. Uh, or I, I said I would talk about it. I just never actually got to it. But with the uh, problem at All Out uh, after the show, that's where it all kind of bubbled to the surface. Um, there was that little bit of an issue of contract tampering. Tony Khan is feeling the pressure. Let me put it that way. Um, supposed t- contract tampering from WWE contacting AEW contracted wrestlers and kind of just seeing where they're at, uh, which I'm sure, you know, there are some certain ones like Miro and, uh, Malachi Black, which actually kind of big news from, for, from, uh, that side, real name, Tommy End. Uh, so, you know, quite a bit of news from there. I'm also working on uh, a little bit of a collaboration. I was supposed to be on the, uh, Ring the Bell Radio. Uh, we're we're l- looking to do a collaboration with Ring the Bell Radio, and uh, it just hasn't worked out yet. We're also trying to get that uh, mega show with Pier 54 and Ring the Bell Radio at some point. Uh, going over, you know, General Hospital and wrestling because you know what, it's the same kind of genre, which is why Soldier of the Squirt Circle is here. So um, we've got a lot. Uh, that we're going to be trying to get together in the future. I do want to try to get a uh, interview with uh, James Law Jr. I also want to try to get uh, collaboration with the Tenth Floor. Um, so you know, there's quite a bit of stuff that I'm looking down the pipe at. Um, with, let me just start off with with Tony Khan. Okay, he's losing it. Tony Khan is losing it. Uh, the owner of AEW, the son of Ishad Khan, who's the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars and a soccer team, excuse me, European football, uh, a football team out in England, uh, Fulham, I think it is. Um, but Tony Khan, who, who is basically the owner of uh, All Elite Wrestling, he is losing his mind. He's uh, going off the deep end pretty much because of just certain instances with the Elite and with the uh, fact that... Um, it's just going, uh, a lot. CM Punk and the Elite and, you know, this, you know, Triple H taking over and people wanting to now get out of their contracts from AEW to go back to the WWE where the grass is greener. Um, there's just a lot 
that he's feeling pressure. First off, let's just start off with, you know, uh, there was supposed contract tampering. He had his lawyer send a letter to Stephanie McMahon and uh, Nick Khan, who are the co-CEOs of WWE now, you know, basically telling them to back off and not to contact his contracted superstars. Okay, understandable, but, you know, the way that... The way that AEW's contract structure is, they let everybody go elsewhere. You know what I mean? They let them go on Indies. They let them go to New Japan. So why would the WWE be any different? Because they're their major American competitor. You know, it's just so that's the first thing. So so he's clearly losing his mind with that. But that's just something small, right? So then we have uh, we get to the point where. Uh, Tony Khan during his during the media scrum after All Out. So I didn't watch All Out. I, I'm not a huge AEW fan. I'll watch the clips. I'll read the. I'll listen to the the highlights and I'll listen to the results. And the, the majority of the stuff I hear from AEW is from Jim Cornette. So you know, and then of course I'm on Twitter, of course. So I, I see everything uh, during the media scrum. Uh, before we get into any General Hospital or anything else, I do want to point out. Um, during the AEW All Out Media Scrum that happened afterwards, after the event, after a uh, four-hour event, um, basically the uh, uh, he 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 basically wanted to put an excuse, saying that he wasn't going to get they weren't going to get the pay-per-view buys like um, the pay-per-view buys that they had last year, and. You know, he said, oh, well, last year we were the only um, wrestling event over Labor Day weekend. And this this year we're the third. You know, as if to say that, you know, because WWE did not only Clash at the Castle the day before, but also Worlds Collide earlier that day, people might be all wrestling now. You know, so they, they, they're blaming the fact that maybe it wasn't the most watched. Well, maybe it's because the product sucks. I don't know. Maybe that could be it. But the other thing is, which I don't necessarily understand, they're trying to say that, he's trying to say that, you know, it's not going to be the most watched because of that. But here's the thing. They're still on traditional pay-per-view. So they're selling their their four-hour event that starts at 7, ends at 11, right? And then you got the hour buy-in pre-show. So that's a five-hour event, all right? But you're spending 50 bucks, 10 bucks an hour. Okay, I can understand that. But when your product sucks, now I'm biased against them, but whatever. Uh, but, you know, so you're, you're spending 50 bucks for that, but then WWE is on Peacock. They're not going on pay-per-view. They're not saying, okay, spend 50 bucks on Clash the Castle, spend $35 on Worlds Collide. No, it's all included in the $9.99 a month that you pay for Peacock. So that's kind of debunks that theory that because they're the third one, they're, they're the only one that's actually on traditional pay-per-view uh, and Bleacher Report, but you're still paying for it, right? They're not on a, an actual app where it's included with the bundle. So I understand the, the wrestling burnout, right? I understand the fact that um, there's only so much time in a, in a weekend that you could really devote to watching wrestling. So I can understand that, you know, you're watching a four, you know, a three or four hour event of Clash of the Castle, you know, from Cardiff, England in the afternoon on a Saturday, but it's also on demand, right? So like me, I watched it later that night or over two days, you know, and then earlier in the afternoon on Sunday, you had Worlds Collide, NXT. Again, it was, um, you know, on Peacock, included with the $9.99 per month, and also it's on demand afterwards, so you don't have to sit and watch it. If somebody really wanted to, spend your $50 on All Out, and then just, you know, catch up with Clash the Casual when you wanted to. But the problem is that the, the build for Clash of the Castle and Worlds Collide was so much better than the build for All Out. The biggest thing with All Out you had the main event, which was John Moxley defending the world title against CM Punk, right? It's a rematch from nine days before in which CM Punk visibly, whether work or shoot, visibly hurt his foot again that he just came back from surgery. So why would somebody want to watch a rematch from somebody who, after nine days, I don't necessarily know that injury will heal, right? 
So the build was just absolutely horrible. Um, so why are, you know, is Tony Khan coming up with these excuses? Then, to top that all off, CM Punk, during the media's drum with Tony Khan sitting right there, right, and CM Punk being the new AEW World Champion, goes on first, right after the main event, he spends the majority of his, his time on the media's drum bashing Cole Cabana and the, their lack of friendship after a decade of problems, you know what I mean, that they haven't been, a friend, been friends in a decade, and the elite, Omega and the Bucks, right, which, and Hangman Page, you know, they're all... All friends wrestling, right? So, to be honest with you, on this thing, I'm completely with CM Punk. Because the reason why the trios titles were created, which it's a six-man belt, you know what I mean? Um, the reason why it was created was to give Omega and the Bucks a title. Because, you know, you had the world title who Omega was probably one of... Although Hangman Page is the worst champion than Omega, I gotta say that, but... Um, Omega is not a great wrestler. He, you know, he's a great athlete, but in terms of wrestling, no, not at all. And the Bucks, they, their matches are the same formulaic match. There's no selling. There's no psychology. They suck. FTR are the greatest tag team in the world, let alone in AEW, Ring of Honor. And the only re reason why the trios titles were created was that so that the Young Bucks didn't have to uh, put over FTR in a, you know, the third match of their trilogy, uh, you know, a supposed trilogy, you know, and, and drop the AEW world titles to, to FTR. They didn't want to put them over. So it was a, it's a vanity project that, you know, the reason why the trios titles were created. And CM Punk went off on all of that. He, he said that the EVPs couldn't run a target. Well, you know, coming from customer service retail, it's harder than you think, but the, the sentiment is there. They shouldn't be EVPs, executive vice presidents of a company, when they themselves are childish. And he even said that he's playing with, with children. You know what I mean? So, CM Punk was just, you know, fed up. And, and you know what? It was probably rehearsed. It was probably meant to do it. He probably wanted to get out of his contract after only a year, after he saw everything that was going on with his company. He thought that he was doing good, come back to the, you know, to wrestling for, for, you know, for a company that's not the WWE and, you know, on a national stage. Impact is nowhere near it. You know, New Japan is just barely breaking into America. You know, Ring of Honor is now owned by Tony Khan. So where else could you go if you want to get back into wrestling? He clearly couldn't do UFC, right? Um, but why would you end up uh, talking so much about Colt Cabana and that whole thing. Like, he had that pre-set in his mind that he was going to talk about it. Because he had to, you know, he had to get it off his chest, apparently. Whatever. But the whole thing, and then the slap, you know, Hangman Page going out, going into business for himself in May, and, you know, again, the whole convoluted history of AEW, the biggest drama of AEW is backstage. The stories backstage are more intriguing than what's going on on Dynamite and Rampage. So, if you're paying attention to the stuff behind the scenes, that's the best drama part of AEW at this point in time. Uh, you know, Tony, in my opinion, it's not going to be much longer. Tony Khan does not know how to run a wrestling company because he is taking everything on himself. His booking is horrible. Like, he's literally fantasy booking. And... We've said it before, and I have not been the only one that said it, but Tony Khan is booking it like a fan. He's not booking it like a business. He wants to put all these fantasy matches, you know, like with the whole Forbidden Door concept and everything. He wants to, he, he's booking it like a fan, like these fantasy matches, and there's no storylines. Who would love to see, you know, the Usos versus the, the, the Young Bucks? Not me. The Young Bucks can, can are nowhere near the Usos in any kind of metric. Okay, super kick, super kick. But they don't sell. There's no psychology to their matches. Fantastic athletes. I'm not going to take anything away from them in the athletic department. But their psychology, their selling, it's nowhere near the, the level of anybody in WWE. Whether it be the New Day, the Viking Raiders, the Usos, um... Anybody else that's there, you know, even Alpha Academy, 
You know what I mean? Arcade Bro, and I'm not a Matt Riddle fan. I'll get more into Riddle later. Uh, but um, AEW needs help. Tony Khan has to hire bookers. He needs to hire people who know wrestling, and he needs to stay hands-off. He's not like Vince McMahon, where Vince was brought up in the business. He took after his father. He had the creativity, right? He worked in WWF and WF, uh, WWF before actually buying it from his father and then creating the multimedia global multimedia conglomerate that the WWE is today. Tony Khan is not there. He just met with some friends. He watched All In, which was, you know, okay, it's an, it was an indie and it was a one-time pay-per-view and it sold 10,000 tickets. Impressive, okay, because they use social media. They use the internet. And people were clamoring for something that was whether or not competition, but something as an alternative to the WWE. Because since twenty two or since two thousand one, when WCW and ECW were bought by WWE, there has been no viable competitor to WWE in that time. Impact, they tried the Monday Night War again when Hogan and Bischoff went in. But Impact again was nowhere near because it's WWE light. And unfortunately until until there's a company that makes a big splash, and maybe AEW can do it if they turn the thing around. The problem is, is that Tony Khan books like the uh, like a child, somebody who's got the newest toy with the biggest shine on it, uses that for a month, puts it, pushes it, and uses it, and then all of a sudden it's gone. Like when you know Miro came in, you know, big push. He was the best man, and he was with Kip Sabian, and you know it was a big big push, and then all of a sudden he's gone. He's finally getting that push now with the, the whole Redeemer gimmick and he's upset with God and everything. Uh, fine. But then, you know, there were other people that came in and who were, you know, great off WWE TV. Brian Danielson, who was, you know, clearly right, you know, the year that he came in last year, the previous year he had headlined WrestleMania against Roman Reigns. So you have, was it Roman? Yeah, it was Roman Reigns. Um, you know, so you had a Brian Danielson. He comes in, he has a great match with Omega. And then he's lost in the Blackpool Combat Club with William Regal, right? You know, and John Moxley, who's nowhere near a great wrestler. You know, he, he's, you know, not even a great athlete, I mean, to be honest with you. All he does is the garbage, deathmatch garbage. You know, he wants to bleed all the time. He wants the hardcore matches. Which, there's a spot for hardcore wrestling. Don't get me wrong. ECW had that niche. But again, it's a niche audience. ECW never got to the, the the nationwide appeal. It had an underground cult-like feel, but you would never see an ECW on TNN garner, you know, 3.5 million rate, 3.5 ratings, you know what I mean, on a Friday night at 10 o'clock or whatever it was, compared to a Monday Night Raw that at the time was getting fours and fives. Or even Nitro that was getting twos and threes. Or fours or five. You know what I mean? So there was a niche audience for it. And with AEW, there's a niche audience. GCW, Garbage Championship Wrestling, or whatever, you know, uh, Game Changer Championship Wrestling, Game Changer Wrestling, whatever. Okay? I don't watch it. I've never watched it. You know, when they did the Dark Side of the Ring on Nick Gage, it, pointed, it painted GCW in a very, very, very bad light. Right, it, it literally was trying to be ECW, but with the untrained, untalented people. Right, um, Matt Cardona was there this weekend. This uh, last weekend, you know, Chelsea Green, his wife was there. You know, but it's still, it's a niche audience. WWE. The good part about WWE is that it appeals to everybody. Um, it appeals to the people that like the lucha matches or the high flying, high impact, strong style matches. It's got it, it appeals to people who like older, better you know psychology wrestling mentality matches, right? You know you have the guys who who, who are classically trained, Roman Reigns, uh, you know no longer the Undertaker, but obviously I'm dating myself. But you've got Roman Reigns, you've got Kevin Owens, you've got now Sami Zayn who's involved with the Bloodline. Uh, Paul Heyman is a great manager. WWE appeals to everyone, uh, the majority of fans, even the casual fan. 
AEW has a niche audience. They have their million viewers, right? They'll get, uh, you know, hover between there and depending on their schedules, they can't watch it unless it's, you know, on demand or whatever, which is fine. You know, but again, with a, with a you know, a pay-per-view model that the WWE has basically killed because of going to Peacock and all, the, even WrestleMania, $9.99 a month, and sometimes you get two premium live events in a month, right? They killed the pay-per-view industry. What they created, they killed, right? Um, because WWE did put pay-per-view on the map. And, you know, now AEW is struggling to get that kind of buy rate. They have their hardcore fans who are going to pay the $50. But for a casual fan that's sitting at home, first of all, you've got Dynamite and Rampage. But you have a an Ring of Honor world champion, right? You have Ring of Honor and their titles are floating around the AEW universe. But there's no Ring of Honor TV show. Okay, so you put the Ring of Honor world champion, uh, Claudio Castagnoli, formerly Cesaro, and he's on Dark or Dark Elevation on YouTube. You know, you put a lot of the storylines on YouTube. Like, don't get me wrong. YouTube is a new syndication, right? Back in the 80s and 90s when, you know, you're sitting down on a Saturday morning and you're watching whether it's WWF Superstars or Wrestling Challenge or Spotlight. I remember that one. Um, you know, or, or WCW Worldwide or WCW Power Hour or whatever. You know, the syndicated shows. That's YouTube. But... The problem is now, you're not going to get a lot of people going to YouTube unless they're specifically searching it out, all right? Um, and, and again, you're not getting the the Dynamite audience or, or the majority of the Dynamite audience going to YouTube to, oh, I've got to watch, you know, I've got to watch uh, Dark or Dark Elevation. You're not getting that. How are you going to grow people, you know... Guys that are wrestling on on there, that should be their NXT, their their main event, their NXT level up. People that really don't care. Which okay, fine. You've got Sonny Kiss wrestling on Dark. You've got you know Leva Bates on Dark. Or I'm I'm just going names because I haven't I don't watch Dark. You know uh, Paul White, The Big Show on Dark or Dark Elevation. You know what? Why aren't you capitalizing on Paul White on Dynamite? Or on Rampage. You have Mark Henry on Rampage doing his, you know, let the main event begin. Or now on to the main event and having the, you know, it's like you're not utilizing people the way you have to. Um, and that's unfortunately the detriment to, to Tony Khan, to AEW. You know, let's really push this guy. He's in from the WWE. We have him now. Let's push him to the moon for the next two months. He's going to lose to Kenny Omega and then... We'll put him on dark. Am I wrong? Why would FTR be on dark? FTR are the best tag team in the world. Why would they be on dark? No, they should be on dynamite every single week. All right, I, I know I've gone 20 minutes on AEW. Um, let's get to some General Hospital. Uh, General Hospital, um, I'm not going to go over two weeks really worth of notes, um, but at least from this past week, they ended. Last Friday the 9th, it ended with Spencer Cassidine being, uh, going into Pentonville in the cell by himself. Um, you know, very, very, you know, I mean, he's taking his, he's taking his, uh, his sentence like a man. You know what I mean? Um, however, with that said, he, Trina just missed him. You know, he went to go, you know, he went to go give Trina the letter that he wrote saying that he cared about her and he loved her and he wanted to be with her and he's so sorry that, you know, this all happened the way that it did and, um, you know, and everything. And I knew, I knew you were okay from the very start and it just never, obviously never took off and, you know, cause he, he stayed with Esme to try to save her, right? Um, but... She never knew because he never told her. And then she got into with Rory and, you know, whatever. Um, she said that we're not friends. You know, you made it perfectly clear that, you know, I, I appreciate you trying to help, but we're not friends because a friend wouldn't hurt somebody like you did. And, you know, finally, you know, so he never actually gave the letter to Trina and said he burned it. And then, you know, um, Trina went to go see Ava, who was stabbed at the end of the previous week. 
or hooked, excuse me, not stabbed. He was, he was hooked. Um, which probably won't be Ryan, you know what I mean? But um, Although the left hand is the hand that Ryan has. But either way, after seeing Ava, Trina, um, you know, Ava told um, Trina that Spencer cared about her and that he always believed in her. Um, and she went to the, you know, police station and before, um, tried to, to try to get to Spencer before, uh, he went to Pentonville, but unfortunately it was too late. Um, you know what I mean? So that was that. And I, I feel bad for Spencer, but we'll see how it goes starting this week and, and his 90 days in, in Pentonville. Um, we'll see if Uncle Cyrus is there. We'll see if Uncle, uh. Uncle Victor has anything to do to help him out, even Uncle Sonny. So, he's kind of in the middle of that that whole like, that whole war, uh, not even a war, but that that triangle of mobs mobsters or bad people, right? Sonny is a baby face, but he's a mob boss. Uh, Victor, who is a big time heel, also has his shady dealings, and then Cyrus is another mob boss who's supposedly reformed, right? Um, so that whole triple threat around Spencer. Let's see how that plays out in Pentonville. Um, so, Nell. Nell made a comeback uh, on Friday's episode. Uh, Chloe, Chloe Lanier, um, who I absolutely wish that she was still on. She had a really great character in Nell, but she's also a fantastic actress as well. Um, she came back for, you know, she'll probably be on today's episode, being Monday as well, but... Um, she did go ahead and um, show up in Nina's dream. Uh, was Nina? No, Willow's dream, saying that you know, um, you know, she was taking Wiley from from Michael and Willow, and uh, wanting to you know keep him safe, and that he, you know Willow uh, Wiley was coming back with his mommy, and you know, and then Michael and Carly were were both laying on the floor dead in their own blood after. Um, Michael, um, after, after, uh, supposedly Nell killed them in, in, uh, Willow's nightmare. Uh, but then, so Willow woke up and had to go to the gravesite to make sure Willow was, or Nell was still dead, right? Um, and then Nina did go ahead and meet her there, or, or Nina was already there when Willow got there, uh, in which Nell appeared to Nina as well. So it's just, um... It's all convoluted. So Nina was, I think she's finally realizing that Nell was never a good person. That Nell um, had her faults, right? And, and Nina always wanted to see the best in Nell and it always defended her. But at the same point in time, you know, I think with the, with the manifestation of Nell in, in Nina's, you know, uh, state there and, and talking to the ghost of Nell... I think she's finally starting to realize that Nell didn't have any decent part in her body. You know, she wanted revenge on Carly. She wanted to stick it to Willow and Michael and, and everything. So I think Nina's kind of almost there. Uh, maybe we'll get a little bit of empathy for Carly and for Michael from Nina, you know, and, and, and not the um, constant, you know, defending of Nell. So it's a, it remains to be seen how that plays out. And we'll see if Nell's even on this week's episode. From what I heard, she was on two episodes. Um, Thursday's episode was obviously preempted because of the Queen's passing and all the news. Even though we're in America, we shouldn't have to worry about 24-hour news about stuff that's happening in, in England. Um, but it's still preempted General Hospital for that day, unfortunately. Um, so that would have been Thursday's episode. Friday's episode was preempted too, but at least you could see it on Hulu. So let's see on Monday's episode if that's what Friday's episode is going to be. And uh, we'll see if Nell is going to be on there and what other sh kind of shenanigans uh, happens there. Um, I, I would have loved to see Nell be redeemed, but I don't think that there was ever any kind of uh, babyface turn in her, in her uh, wheelhouse. Um, moving on. Could somebody please, and I, and, I, and I please ask somebody to email me, Vinny at SudsonSquaredCircle.com, or hit me up on Twitter at VAPSLSWE, or um, uh, Suds Square Circle Pod, or Suds SQ Circle Pod. Um, 
please, could somebody tell me why all the Cody hate? What is the problem? I don't understand why Cody is being hated on so much. Um, and he's a great character. I mean, he's a legacy character, whether it's from Catherine Bell or Dominique Stanton or um, any, you know, why all the hate? Is it because he has a goatee and hair and kind of looks a little bit unkempt? I mean, Josh Kelly is a fantastic actor. I would have preferred them bring him as Cutter from One Life to Live and kind of bring that, you know, that, uh, that you know, character in. But I like Cody. Like, okay, he's an old cowhand, you know, he's gotten in trouble, you know. Let's see what's being hidden, why he's tr so interested in, in Faison and, and, you know, with his father, uh, Leopold uh, uh, Taub and... Um, Let's just see where it goes before you get all on everybody. I, I can't stand, you know, the soap opera Twitter where they just, they just start to hate somebody for no reason. Why all the Peter August hate? Why all the, you know, hate for Esme? Why, you know, and Esme, was, Esme and Peter were both heels, right? They were both villains. They were supposed to be hated. But Cody, we don't know whether he's a babyface or a heel yet. All we know right now is that he's interested in Brett and, you know, they're getting to know each other. You know, and that storyline is going to end because Britt's leaving, unfortunately. Because I don't think they're going to uh, recast her. I hope not, because Kelly Tebow is just fantastic in that role. Um, so, let's just see where it goes before you pass judgment. You know, I, I, they call them truck nuts for some reason. I don't get it. You know, I, I don't understand why, why they don't like him. So, please, somebody, tweet me, email me, enlighten me. Why... Do people hate Cody? Please. Um, you know, and now that it's going to come out that Mac is his father, he's going to be a legacy character, part of that, you know, the, the whole Scorpio family. So let's, um, let's let it play out a little bit, please. Um, moving on. Uh, Sam and Dante moving in together. Um, Dante moving into the, uh, penthouse apartment with, uh, Sam, although I don't understand why Sam just didn't move into the house. I mean, would, who wouldn't want to own a house instead of, you know, a, a condo or penthouse condo, right? Um, I don't, I don't understand that first, you know, so, you know, she didn't want to move in there because of Lulu, you know, Lulu's memory and Lulu's still in a coma and, you know, it's her house and everything, but how many guys have has Sam had move in with her in that penthouse? You know, Sam and Jason, Sam and Drew, uh, even Patrick for a while was staying there with, I mean, even though Patrick had his own home. But, you know, it's like, it's six of one, half a dozen the other. Like, I really think Sam and Dante have the, the, the makings of be a super couple. And, you know, even though they, again, they get hate because they share siblings, even though there's no blood relation between them. There's all that Twitter hate, you know, it's too close for comfort. Give me a break. Um, you know, Christina and, and Leo are, you know, half siblings between them, but there's no blood between Dante and Sam. And, and, and so, I mean, and again, thinking about it, there's no blood between Leo and Christina either, you know, because, uh, Julian and Olivia, uh, produced Leo and Sonny and Alexis produced Christina, you know, so it's, it's, it's like, that's a whole, you know, thing there. There's, they're just all halves, right? Um, I don't understand the, again, I don't understand why people don't like it. I hope people are finally coming along because it's been going on the storyline for a year. And I really think that Dante and Sam are really doing, going good together. And Kelly Monaco, gosh dang. She, you know, at, at, you know, she's bringing it every day. She's been in that role on General Hospital. I mean, between... Sam McCall and then Livy Locke before that and, and there was one other one in there on Poor Charles. Um, she's been at it for almost 30 years and you know, or 25 years at this point, if not longer and she's still bringing it every single episode. Like she's been there for a long time so definitely a really big appreciation going out to Kelly Monaco and she still looks fantastic too. Um, so, Sam and Dante, I really like to see them uh, grow together in this whole thing. Uh, you know, have the kids get together and, you know, maybe there's going to be some sibling rivalry between Rocco and Danny. Um, but, 
the, all the kids are like at the quarter mains all the time anyway. So it's like they've already been living together this whole time. Um, you know, Rory, I wonder if Rory's trying to, starting to see that Trina really does like Spencer and we'll see. Although, you know, people are saying that Spencer and Trina are possibly going to be a super couple. I don't see it. Um, but that's just me. I, I just, I, I don't see it. Like, Trina's not a legacy character, although coming from Taggart, you know, possibly. But, you know, uh, Spencer Cassidyne is a legacy character. I just don't, I just don't see it, right? Um... So we'll see how everything goes um, going forward based upon the, uh, you know, how today's episode goes. Um, you know, Sunny is going to be, uh, you know, with Nina. You know, I, I wonder if it's that far. And are we actually going to see Carly and Nina go at it? Um, you know, Carly sent Willow away from the, from the uh, cemetery. Um, and, you know, Nina and Carly, they're arguing, of course. Are we going to actually see that cat fight? I don't know. I, I really don't know whether that's going to actually go down or not. Um, I, I I would like to see Carly get an ass whooping, <laughs> uh, in my opinion, because I think she's getting to the point where she's really getting on my nerves. Nina, you know, Nina's taking accountability for her actions. Um, and I really think that Carly has to back off now. You know, and I, and I get it. You know, you steal, you've stolen my husband, and you know I'm not gonna let you get away with it, and this and that and the other thing. But you know what? Just deal with it, right? Get to the point where it's done with. Um. So and then Michael is becoming a pretentious little brat. Um. You know, trying to get Dex and you know getting Dex in, in, into Sunny's organization as a mole. Um, you know, and then the, the chemistry between Joss and Dex, you know, because Cameron is not around. Cameron's actually being responsible. He's working two jobs to get it, get through college and help with his, his brothers. Jocelyn doesn't know that kind, that kind of responsibility. Jocelyn never had to work for anything. And I don't see her having a job now. So if she's getting pissed off with Cameron always working, like, he, that to me would be more attractive uh, so to speak you know what i mean because he obviously wants to provide for his family I, I don't know maybe as a teenager it's not so attractive but you know uh, that remains to be seen although i have to say on friday's episode they did cam and his band did uh do a fantastic job at, at trina's party was that friday or thursday uh wednesday i think it was wednesday actually um where they performed and you know william lipton in general is a fantastic um uh, singer and and i and i hear that People are saying, oh, well, Cam should have had that storyline where Chase is involved and, you know, with, the, with you know, taking over for Eddie Main and, and Brooklyn managing him. No, it's a completely different storyline. There's no reason for for that to happen. Um, you know, Cam is proving that, his, that music is his hobby and he's a good songwriter and guitar player and he's got a high school band or, or college band or whatever. Um, but the, the storyline with Chase and Brooklyn it has a different end game. The whole point is to bring Chase and Brooklyn together as a couple. That's super couple material, in my opinion. Um, you know, and to get rid of Link. You know what I mean? Their 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 uh, their ideas and their um, thought process of how to get Link out of the picture is you know coming to a, uh, coming to a head. Uh, do, do you think Link sees through it, or you know what have you? Um, and Josh Swicker, from what from all I've heard, I guess he's a phenomenal singer as it is in general. Um, without, you know, looking at the Chase character, um, Josh Swicker and his wife they do a lot with um, is it Hallmark? Um, I think it's Hallmark as well. So um, you know, there there's clearly some musical talent there as well. So why put Cam in that role when there's no reason for it? Um, and then Brooklyn and, and Chase are finally getting to the point where they're together as a couple. Let's let's keep that on on, on track, right? All right. We've talked about AEW. Talked about General Hospital. Now it's time to move on to the main event, WWE Clash at the Castle. And why is this not? Oh, come on. 
There we go. Clash of the Castle. Alright. Um, I'm going to try to get rid of that. Alright, here we go. Um, WWE's Clash of the Castle in Cardiff, Wales last uh, last Saturday, the uh, the 3rd of September at 1 o'clock in the afternoon start time. Um, you know, you had on the pre-show Madcap Moss and the Street Profits. They defeated uh, Austin Theory and Alpha Academy. I didn't see the pre-show. I didn't watch the pre-show, so I don't know how that match went. I watched the actual premium live event. Six matches, three hours. You had a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of... Uh, Circum popping circumstance in, the, in there, you know, the, the gaga, as Pat Patterson would say. Um, opening match of the premium live event, um, Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Yo Sky, they defeated uh, Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, and Asuka. Um, and um, Bailey, Bailey's uh, faction is now called Damage Control. Um, and you know what? It's a great, great match. In general, Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Yosuke look great. It kind of shows that there was, you know, even though the Bianca, Alexa, and Asuka were on the same page and they're defending the honor or whatever, there's still three singles compared to this faction that's together, right? So they're pushing Dakota Kai and Yosuke to the moon, and I really, really like it. And ba and I and I see the end game beating uh, Bailey beating Bianca, Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Champion. I would probably say about Survivor Series. I don't think it's going to last WrestleMania being six months away, but again, you never really know how, how Triple H wants to book things. Um, and it remains to be seen how, how Survivor Series is going to go because, again, it's usually, you know, the, the brand's champions face each other. So it would be right now Bianca Belair against Liv Morgan. I'll get to that in a minute. Um, Gunther defeated Sheamus to retain the Intercontinental Championship at the beginning of the match. Um, Giovanni Venci from NXT made his main roster debut, joining uh, his former Imperium teammates. Obviously, formerly known as Fabian Eichner, he was part of Imperium in NXT UK and, and NXT. Then he got the name change. He joined Ludwig Kaiser, formerly known as Marcel Bartel, uh, and then Gunther, who used to be Walter. Um, so putting Imperium back together, the only one that wouldn't be there anymore is Alexander Wolf. He was released. Um, Hard-hitting match. Actually, a five-star match from Uncle Dave Melter. Um, this match had everything. By the time the match was over, um, Sheamus's chest looked like hamburger meat. Like, they beat the shit out of each other. And that was a strong style type of match. I could see that match, even if you want to say next year, headlining WrestleMania Night 1. Gunther and Sheamus... I think would be fantastic. I could see Gunther headlining WrestleMania. And Sheamus has been fantastic ever since he got up to the main roster. Yeah, there's been a couple of times where his character wasn't there. But now, with the Brawling Brutes, you know, with... Uh, oh, oh, crap. What the hell are their names now? Yeah, obviously Butch, who was Pete Dunne. Who I think Pete Dunne is going to be coming back um, fairly soon. And then... Um, Oh, it's not Tony D'Angelo. He's the, the, the fake NXT mob boss. Um, who the hell else was in... Um, uh, let's see. Uh, gosh. Of course, uh, of course I'm drawing a blank now, right? Um, the Brawling Brutes. Um, oh, here we go. I'll find it. I'll find it for you. He's the one that actually injured... Um, he actually injured... Uh, Big E, right? Ridge Holland. There we go. So Ridge Holland, uh, you know, and Butch as, in, in, you know, in the Brawling Brutes and then Imperium. That's going to be a good match. I could see that as a Survivor Series match. Um, so we'll see how that, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that as it progresses. Liv Morgan defeated Shayna Baszler to re retain the SmackDown Women's Championship. I don't know why they keep Liv Morgan. Like, I get that she's, you know, the underdog champion, right? But all these, the fact that she's beating Ronda Rousey, you know, I understand money in the bank cashing, right? Ronda went through the whole match. Liv Morgan came out and got her by surprise. That's fine. I get that. But then at SummerSlam, she tapped out to Ronda Rousey. She should not be champion. Okay, so she's 
she skirted by because the ref didn't see it, right? And then Ronda Rousey has a reason to be pissed. So, you know, she gets suspended. Probably because she just didn't want to go over to Wales. Um, but then you have Shayna Baszler, you know, getting in getting in there into the match to face Liv Morgan. Shayna Baszler's a badass on her own. <clears throat> and for Liv Morgan to win that match, give me a break. I, at this point, it's becoming not realistic, right? Not believable. It's just, it just not there for me. Liv Morgan's entire championship reign as SmackDown Women's Champion is not believable. So if she keeps it to Survivor Series and has to face Bianca Belair, she's going to get her ass kicked. Um, and that's if she if she uh, uh, survives Extreme Rules coming up next month uh, when she faces Ronda Rousey. So I really think Ronda Rousey is going to come and, and win the match. She better. Like, if it's going to be Extreme Rules, no DQ, no count out, like, right? I honestly think that, that Liv Morgan is going to lose to, to Ronda Rousey. At least I hope so. Like, at this point, Liv Morgan's going to get booed out of the building if she keeps the title any longer. It's already been starting. Um, Edge and Rey Mysterio defeated the Judgment Day. Um, Finn Balor and Damian Priest. Rhea Ripley out there. She's, you know, got a presence. She's got that China vibe. Even though she's obviously a former NXT and w, uh, NXT Women's Champion, and she's been on the main roster as a wrestler for a while, she's got that China syndrome, so to speak. Um, she's incredibly talented. She's got a great look. She's got a great body. She's muscular. Um, she could be that the heavy for the Judgment Day, and she has been. Um, I can read Mysterio 1. Dominic did, uh, uh, you know, trip Finn that allowed Ray to hit the 619 into the spear from Edge. One, two, three. But then the aftermath. Um, Dominic Mysterio turned on his father. He kicked Edge in the nuts because he was already upset that, that, that Ray chose Edge to be his partner. Uh, so Dominic kicked Edge in the nuts and then clotheslined Ray, you know, setting up, you know, obviously a feud. I have a feeling that Ray's going to... It's almost going to be similar to The Undertaker and Kane, where Ray is going to say, no, I'm not fighting my son, right? Edge is taking on Dominic tonight on, on Raw. Um, you know, and then Dominic came out with, with Rhea last week saying that he's been made a man. She made him into a man. You know, she's got that female sexuality. And, you know, they're, they're still PG, but they're kind of pushing the envelope a little more, which is great. More of an adult-style uh, storyline. Um... And, you know, let's just see. Could they, again, could they keep it for ne for the next six to seven months and have uh, Ray versus Dominic on, on WrestleMania? It's a possibility. Could they keep Judgment Day together that long? You know, especially with Edge, you know, that's kind of out there. You know, I don't know. Maybe. I think that, I think that maybe uh, um, Judgment Day will, will stay together. Um. And uh, I'm not sure if it'll last for seven months, though. I can't possibly see any storylines right now going that long to WrestleMania. Like, with Monday Night Raw Weekly, like, if you think about it back in the day, right? Anything that would be on SummerSlam, you could possibly see a rematch and see it at, at WrestleMania. Because the storylines, not you only had four pay-per-views a year. You didn't have the weekly Raw. You had, you know... Uh, you had superstars, you had house shows, you had the syndicated shows. There was no live weekly show to progress the storylines. So that's why the storylines are going quicker. I'm not sure if it could last, if any of these storylines could last for a year. Or for another seven months, right? Unless they're really doing long-term storytelling to the point where they incorporate other people, which is a possibility. Dominic can go after certain people and, and Ray's kind of like, no, I'm not fighting him. And, and, you know, at the end, you know, um, Dominic will do something really bad and raise like, all right, screw this. I've got to teach you a lesson. It's going to be a WrestleMania. I think it could happen. <laughs> um, Seth freaking Rollins, I don't understand why he's got freaking in there, right? Uh, except for his character is just absolutely uh, uh, annoying. Um, it's an abomination of a character. Came out, came out looking like a cross between a... Peacock and Elton John. Um, so, 
I don't like, I, I never really like Seth Rollins. His voice annoys me. Um, his voice is like nails on a chalkboard. Um, and then um, he defeated Matt Riddle. Um, I've never been a fan of Matt Riddle. I think he's a, a, I think at least he's been portrayed up to this point as a poor man's Rob Van Dam. And, you know, they're, they're both high and, and, and whatever. And, and Riddle's always so laid back and chill and bro. You know what I mean? Um, which, don't get me wrong. It's, you know, actually, you know, okay. But at the same time, you have um, this, pa you know, the, the promo leading up to this match that was on Monday Night Raw that was... Um, that was there that, you know, uh, when Corey Graves was moderating it and they were both, you know, on video, you know, for live via satellite. Um, and then what happened afterwards, whether or not that was a, a shoot or a work and just, you know, the cameras kept rolling. Um, that was probably the best riddle promo that I've ever actually seen because he's just absolutely fantastic to the point where... Um, it brought real life in. And I actually got to like Matt Riddle a little bit. Like that new edge, that that edge that he had to his to his to his promo. It wasn't to the point where, oh well, you know, whatever, you know, I'm just gonna beat your butt and, and you know, whatever. He still has the stuff coming out of his ass when he gets into the ring. The psychedelic cartoon, whatever. That's gotta end. Um, but for the most part, I really think that uh, if these changes stick and Matt Riddle gets that, that that little bit of edge, I think he could actually be a major player. He's not a major player now, uh, in my opinion, at least, and he never has been. But I think there's there's an opportunity for him to get there. And then the main event uh, from Clash at the Castle: Roman Reigns defeated Drew McIntyre to retain the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. There were no Usos. Paul Heyman is still on the shelf. There was no Sami Zayn. Roman Reigns had it going there alone. But there's a new member of the bloodline. Solo Sokoa, the Usos' younger brother, made his presence felt at the end of the match when he uh, he, he distracted Drew McIntyre and then stunned him on the top rope. Roman Reigns hit the spear. One, two, three. Great match. And, and Solo Sokoa coming up and, uh, you know, again, it keeps the heat on Roman Reigns. He could not win one-on-one. -on -one. He needed help. So his normal help wasn't there. He got some another member of the bloodline. It's going to end at WrestleMania with The Rock. Somehow they're going to get the titles off of him. As of right now, it's over a thousand days since Roman Reigns has been pinned on TV since December of 2019. Now, granted, he was off for months because of COVID. And, you know, he took the time off. I get that. But he's also over two years as a Universal Champion. You know, he, he, he uh, combined the belts at WrestleMania and, and whatever. But either way, they're going to get those belts off. Somehow, some way. Let's say Royal Rumble. He's defending the title against whoever it may be. Maybe it's going to be Cody Rhodes. Maybe it's going to be a John Cena to get his 17th world title. Guess who's going to come out and cost Reigns the championship? None other than his older cousin, The Rock. They're going to set up The Rock versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania in Hollywood. It's got to be in Hollywood. It's got to be The Rock. But it doesn't need the title. So they have to get the titles away from Reigns. Right? So no matter how it is... You know, maybe it's a Royal Rumble. Maybe Reigns is so cocky that he puts the titles up in the Rumble. I doubt that's going to happen, but maybe. But either way, it's going to be The Rock that's going to cost him the title, setting up the match at WrestleMania. And that's what he's going to say. You call yourself the head of the table? Why do you have all these guys doing stuff? You were brought up as a Samoan superstar. You should be able to do things on your own. I used Vince McMahon and the corporation to get to where I had to be to take stuff on my own. You're using family to do your dirty work. There's a huge difference. And you could, and you could the, the story writes itself, people. Um, I think it's going to be great. Um, 
after the match, oh, in the middle of the match, Austin Theory comes in to to, um, to cash in money in the bank. He never even got past the timekeeper. Tyson Fury, who was sitting at at at, uh, at ringside, he gave a big old right hand and knocked Austin Theory on his ass, um, thus thwarting the money in the bank cash in attempt. After the match, Theory, uh, I'm sorry, after the match, Fury, Tyson Fury gets in the ring, shakes hands with Roman Reigns, had to have a stare down, and that's where it was supposed to be ended. However, the producer or the director forgot to yell, cut, and instead they kept the cameras rolling, and Tyson Fury and Drew McIntyre, you know, Tyson Fury gave Drew McIntyre's props, and then they started seeing Don McLean's apple pie, um, in the American Pie, excuse me, in the ring, um, which is crazy, and that you know that was not supposed to actually air. Um, so uh, again, very weird ending at Cardiff, and I'm sure they'll be cut off the replay. But either way, great, great match. In my opinion, Reigns and Drew McIntyre definitely gets four stars. Uh, if Gunther and Sheamus got five, Reigns and McIntyre get four. Um, that was, that was the first uh, event of the weekend. Moving on to NXT Worlds Collide, um, where in, in, in NXT news, NXT UK has been uh, disbanded. It has been closed, making way in 2023 for NXT Europe. So what they did was they had all of the NXT UK and their American counterparts um, championships uh, uh, combined, right? Unified. So, basically, the uh, the results of of that match of that of that card. Um, in the first match, um, this was not a unification match because there was no there's there's no uh, counterpart in NXT UK for the North American title, but you had Ricochet from SmackDown defend uh, or come out um, and, and face Carmelo Hayes for the NXT North American title. Carmelo, Carmelo, Carmelo Hayes was uh, successful in the in the title defense against uh, Ricochet. Which, we did you actually think Ricochet was going to win? I mean, they've done weird things like that, but I didn't think Ricochet was going to win because Carmelo Hayes is a great person, a uh, great uh, athlete, and it brings that title up a lot. Um... NXT Tag Team Championship Unification Match. It was a fatal, it was a four-way eliminations match um, with four tag teams. Uh, you had the Creed Brothers, who wore the NXT Tag Team Championship champions. You had Gallus, who were Joe and Mark Coffey. Briggs, and then Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen, who were the NXT UK Tag Team Champions. And they all lost to the tag team of Pretty Deadly. Who are basically a ripoff of the West of the uh, uh, West Hollywood Blondes from WCW, Lodi and Lenny Lane. Um, these guys came out to Elton Prince and oh, I don't even know what the hell his tag team partner's name is. Um, I have to find out. I have to get it for you. I know it's Elton Prince and NXT. Uh, Oh, Kit Wilson. Yeah, Ellen Prince and Kit Wilson. Uh, pretty deadly. But the, the, the story with that is that um, the, the, the team of uh, the Creed Brothers, who were part of the Diamond Mine, right, they uh, ended up losing because of um, Damon Kemp, who was part of the Diamond Mine. He turned on the Diamond Mine. And that's what gave Pretty, De pretty Deadly the uh, victory. And to unify the NXT Tag Team Championship. So we'll see where it goes with Pretty Deadly. I, I don't see much for them. But again, you had Breezango as NXT Tag Team Champions as well. So we'll, again, um, I, I'm, I'm anxiously waiting to see how that goes. Um, with their title reign. So we'll see how, on uh, tomorrow's episode of NXT. Or well, last week's episode would have been the first one as the champions. But... In the women's NXT Championship unification match, Miko Satamura, who has had a 20-plus year career, she was on WCW Nitro. That's how far far behind 
um, it you know her her career goes back. She was in a in a triple threat match with Blair Davenport, who used to be on AEW television as B Priestley, and uh, Mandy Rose, who after coming back to NXT over a year ago has redefined her career and reinvented herself. Um, Mandy Rose had she ended up unifying the women's championship match, the women's championship titles in this match, and Toxic Attraction is on a roll with that. Mandy Rose is fantastic, and I'm glad that she got the title because she her championship, and not to mention the picture she put out the next day. Uh, let's say if you remember how Shawn Michaels posed with the WWE Championship back in that Playgo magazine back in 96 or 97. Uh, Mandy Rose had the titles covered, covering uh, opportune areas. It was a great picture. I recommend you go on Twitter to check it out. Um, NXT Women's Tag Team Championship match. Again, there was no uh, UK equivalent for this. So Katana, Katana Chance, the former... Um, Casey Catanzaro, Katana Chance, and Caden Carter defeated Dewdrop and Nikki Ash, uh, ASH, I should say, uh, to retain the NXT Women's Tag Team titles. Uh, great match. Of, of course, Dewdrop and Nikki ASH have been uh, had been in uh, NXT previously, so it was a great match. And um, Chance and Carter defeated the match again. They they gave up a lot of weight. I mean, Katana Chance, maybe 110 pounds soaking wet. Um, with with uh, rocks in our pockets, and then at the in the, at the very end, the main event NXT Championship Unification match, you had Braun Breaker, also known as uh, Bronson Rex Steiner, you know the, the, the next generation of the Steiner brothers. Braun Breaker defeated Tyler Bate to unify the NXT Championship. Great match. They obviously hugged in the match. I would give that a match of five star. Absolutely. Uh, for an NXT match, for you know Tyler Bates been in NXT UK for you know probably the the, the, the entire length of time, two or three years, that uh, or three or four years that NXT UK has been around. Um, but Tyler Bates will stay on the NXT roster, and we'll see him get to the main roster. And Braun Breaker as well. Uh, I can't wait to see Braun Breaker get up to the main roster. He's got so much going for him, just absolutely fantastic. Um, I, I'm impressed by it. I was impressed by this weekend's uh, or last weekend's premium live events with Worlds Collide and also Clash at the Castle. Uh, we're going to Extreme Rules in a, in a couple months. There's also going to be a premium live event in October, Halloween Havoc. Instead of it just being a regular episode of NXT, it's actually going to be a premium live event on, on the cock, on Peacock. Um, so, um,. I would like to, I wouldn't mind seeing NXT keep uh, using these WCW and ECW um, names for the pay-per-view names for their premium live events. I think that's going to be absolutely great um, for them uh, to, 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 you know, utilize those, those established brand, you know, they, they do the in your, in your house, right? I, I like it because you, you know, if you go to a wrestling school, you, you know, they have all the old uh, promotional posters up and stuff. So they're, now they're just using old pay-per-view names. Wait till they get to living dangerously. <laughs> I mean, you had um, Paul Heyman do the do the voiceover for Extreme Rules, um, and I think the, that you had Paul Heyman do the voiceover for NXT Heat Wave as well. So you know, let's see them get to guilty as charged or barely legal. That, that might not fly, but or even living dangerously. But at least they used Heat Wave. All right, so that's about it for for this episode. I know I talked a lot in the beginning about AEW. I did go over General Hospital uh, last week's episodes. I went over the, the premium live events that took place. Next week, we'll see what uh, next week brings. But uh, again, follow us on Twitter on uh, for the Sportswire for for uh, the Sportswire. Good gravy, that's my own name. Uh, for Suds in the Squared Circle podcast, um, you're going to go to at um, Suds SQ Circle Pod. That's on Twitter. On TikTok, at Suds underscore, underscore squared underscore circle. Email Vinny at Suds and Squared Circle dot com. Um, go to Suds and Squared Circle dot com. That's the new webpage for the actual site. And then buy our merch. Suds Square Circle dot Threadless dot com. You can follow me on Twitter at V Apicella SWE. It's going to be a great week, everybody. 
tune in to Monday Night Raw tonight, the 12th. Tune in to NXT tomorrow, uh, Tuesday. Then you've got AEW Dynamite and the Fallout. Uh, well, I'll just kind of going back to, to the AEW uh, Fallout. Um, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, Brandon Cutler, and Michael Nakazawa, Nakazawa were all um, suspended for their, their part in the melee that happened after the media scrum. Um, CM Punk is injured again. He'll be out for like eight or nine months. He may not even be back with AEW. Um, and then Ace Steel, who is one of their, their producers or agents or coaches, whatever you want to call him. Again, I don't know whether he's going to, he was part of the melee as well. Um, he might be either suspended or fired too. Um, we're, we have yet to find out what happens there, but AEW has brought in a third party to investigate what happened. Um, so I give it three years before you see Shane McMahon on Dynamite <laughs> to buy AEW and then AEW's library will be on Peacock. But again, that's three years down the road, I think. Pretty sure. Maybe two years. Five, you give them the five-year plan. Uh, my name is Vinny Apatella. I will talk to you all next week right here on Suds in the Squirt Circle. Bye-bye, everybody.